When HGTV, Home Depot, and every contractor you've spoken to so far, plus some of your friends and family, are all questioning why you like that feature of your mid-century house, it can feel like maybe they're right and you're not. You can ask yourself, am I wrong to love my mid-century house? No, of course you're not. Your mid-century home is great, and I've told you why many times throughout this podcast. But today I want to talk to you about how you can find other people besides me to reinforce your love for mid-century. You need a community of people who can share their war stories, their advice, and their wins from their experiences of updating, repairing, and maintaining mid-century homes. So today, let's talk about how to make that happen. Step one is to get your name on the list for my free mid-century master planning class, which is back on Saturday, August 27th. I only have the capacity to do this a few times a year, and it's not going to happen again until 2023. So I want to talk to you a little more about this at the end of the episode, but right now, just go ahead and join the community of over 100 other people who are already signed up for the masterclass, because this is going to be a great place to prove to yourself and perhaps your partner, that you are not alone in your hopes and dreams and questions for what to do to plan a great mid-century remodel. Hey there, welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 9, Episode 7. Okay, did you take that little intro break to sign up for the masterclass? If you're signed up already, make sure you've popped over to my Instagram and sent me a DM to tell me what's holding you up the most in your remodel plans and what you're most excited to learn about in the masterclass. I am so pumped to share this class with you. I can't even tell you. Now, if you're looking for other more immediate resources, the resource of the week is pretty obvious. Just go ahead and grab my mid-century ranch resource list. I've got a bunch of different types of media, so you can watch movies that feature houses like yours. You can read history books or popular literature on the subject. You can dig into blog posts, shop mid-century friendly products, and more. I've got a long list of these resources for you to use to dig deeper into your mid-century home, which you can grab for free if you go to midmod-midwest.com resources. Or I'll put a link in my show notes. Grab those at midmod-midwest.com 907. But all that solo research will stand you in much better stead to make good choices for your home if you have other people on your side. You need more than just words on a page or on a screen to help you push back against an entire remodeling industry. Look, I was just having a chat with someone yesterday who wants to do some restoration work on their home and make a small addition, and they've been told by multiple contractors that it would be, quote, easier and cheaper, unquote, to just tear the house down and start fresh. That's insane. You know that joke that it's not paranoia if they really are out to get you? Okay, the remodeling industry is not out to get you because it's not about you, about us at all. The home remodeling industry just doesn't care very much about us and our mid-century homes. They wanna sell their products. Unfortunately, just because they're not out to get you doesn't mean they're not going to ruin your house if you aren't careful. Sometimes it can feel like no one appreciates what you love about your home. So if your question is, Della, Am I wrong to love this feature of my mid-century house or the whole house as is that no one else seems to appreciate? Not my neighbors, not my dad, not my partner, certainly not the contractor that came over and quoted me on tearing it down. What gives? Then today's episode is for you. You probably won't be surprised that even without knowing what part of your house you're pointing at right now in your head, I'm going to tell you that you're not wrong to love it. It's great. You should keep it. You should protect it and preserve it. And you should tell anyone who doesn't see what's so great about it to take a hike before they give you any more wrong advice about your house. 
There's a lot of pressure floating around the remodeling space, though, that tell you that the best way to do right by your home is to change everything about it. Tear out your old cabinets, replace your old siding, refresh your materials with a thick coat of bright white paint, and generally take as many steps as are necessary to completely transform the way your house looks. Then when you're done, you can post that amazing transformation, before and after photos, all over Instagram to the amazement of friends and strangers. Look, people can do what they want to their own homes. I can't stop my neighbors from tearing off their old-growth redwood siding that was carefully oriented to add interest to the shape of a simple rectangular ranch house and replacing it with plastic wrap vinyl. I wish I could. But if you're having any doubts about the advice you're receiving to do just that, then I encourage you to hesitate. Let's take stock of why there is so much advice out there to change up original features in your home. There are several overwhelming reasons. First, people just have a strong impulse to put their own stamp on their home to make it their own. So you'll see the people around you doing some of the easiest ways to change up a home, to remove or cover original features and start fresh. The internet is full of tutorials that show you how to easily transform your living room in a day with a simple coat of paint. These tutorials are easy to make and easy to search engine optimize for the internet. In fact, I think the very existence of before and after photos are a big part of why so many older homes are having their original character removed on any day or week or year. The more obvious the change from before to after, the more likely you are to stop scrolling and check out the details. Nothing is more obvious than painting white or tearing out a whole bunch of original mid-century wood and replacing it with the kind of bright white surfaces that catch the eye of Instagram feeds. Look, that kind of transformation can seem dramatic, and it looks great in a photo, I guess, but it's not necessarily the most comfortable place to live your life. Then, of course, there's the people who work in the remodeling industry. Before you take the advice of an enthusiastic DIY influencer, pause and ask yourself if that transformation is really going to be better for the way you want to live in your home. Then there are the industry experts who are telling you your home has features that are no good. A word on this. My mother is a journalist, and she raised me to ask this question about every new opinion I encounter. Who is telling me this, and why do they want me to believe it? I think this is an excellent way to go through life. And by the way, feel free to take a hard look at what I tell you, too. But I particularly want you to apply these questions to everyone else giving you advice about your home. Who is telling me this, and why do they want me to believe it? Materials and product suppliers can sell you a whole lot more of a new thing to replace what you have than they can sell you tools or materials you need to repair or maintain your already existing house. They're going to throw their advertising dollars into the idea that fresh and new will be better for your home than anything you've got on the house or in the house right now. Likewise, all the people whose jobs it is to install those new materials are always going to advise you to tear out the old and put in new. Tear out your old kitchen and put in a new one. Tear off your old siding and start fresh. They'll generally quote you the biggest job that their company can supply. Even if it's just a matter of replacing an old material with the same thing, it's in the interest of installers to persuade you to start over. One anecdote that speaks to this is, shortly after I bought my home, there was a hailstorm in the area. The next week, a roofing company knocked on every door on the block, telling me and my neighbors that the asphalt shingle roofs on their homes had obviously been destroyed by the hail and needed to be immediately replaced, lest their attics spring a dozen leaks. I happened to have already climbed up on my roof to have a look. My shingles were in great shape. The attic was dry as a bone. My home had been re-roofed less than 10 years ago, and there wasn't any major damage from the storm. I told the door knocker, no thanks, and they left. Now, I can't actually speak to the quality of the roof and attic of every home on my block, but I will tell you that eight of my generally more elderly neighbors replaced their roofs within the next month. Dumpsters full of asphalt shingles came off those houses. 
An asphalt shingle roof, not my favorite object, by the way, is rated for 30 years, but worried homeowners will believe that it's necessary to make a change when a persuasive and pushy young salesperson hangs on their doorbell and tells them their house is in imminent danger. I wish they'd all gotten a second opinion. And that's just replacing an asphalt roof with an asphalt roof, not a beautiful object to begin with, and it was just the same after installing. But the same necessity, roofing companies wanting to keep their crews fully occupied all summer, leads people to tear off their original redwood siding that just needed a coat of paint and a little maintenance, to remove windows that just needed a little air sealing, and to start from scratch on kitchens that could have been built with materials head and shoulders above what was going to replace them. Basically, many general contractors simply find it easier to tear out old things and start from a blank slate than to work around existing elements. I get it. And if there's a subcontractor who specializes in one material, they're always going to tell you that their material is the best choice. But before you assume that they know better than you what's right for your house, even if they know more about the subject matter you're discussing, I want you to make sure that you've taken where they are coming from in mind. So if the salesperson for a vinyl siding company comes and tells you that vinyl siding is the best choice for your house, what do you ask yourself? Who is telling me this and why do they want me to believe it? Ask a couple of other types of siding installers for advice before you finalize your choice. Oh, and please just don't choose vinyl siding for a mid-century house. This is where the power of the discovery phase of my master plan method comes in so handy. The entire purpose of discovery is to help you get the information you need to make impartial choices, to feel empowered to listen to your own feelings about the house, or to simply get a second opinion. I encourage you, my podcast listeners, and certainly all of my students inside of Ready to Remodel, not to take just one opinion, one supplier, one friend. Check out a range of options. At least get a second opinion before you make any important, cohesive choices for your remodel. At the end of the day, I want you to make right choices for yourself and long-lasting choices for your home. And I want you to feel confident that you did the right thing during your remodel. All of that comes from being fully informed about what your possibilities are and having a peer group of other mid-century homeowners who can tell you what they've done, what they loved, and what they regret. Having an array of interlocking experts who can give you the benefit of their experience in specific areas. Here's the best news of all. Once you have done your research, once you followed those steps in the masterclass that I'm going to talk about on Saturday the 28th, to prepare a master plan for your remodel, you don't necessarily need to find a contractor or subcontractors who specialize in mid-century homes. Once you know exactly what you're asking for, you may very well be able to find a talented remodeler who's willing to work with you on your style, even though most of the projects I do are in another style. Being able to clearly communicate with your home installers and your remodeling team to ask for the mid-century result you want means you can get the one you're looking for without choosing or finding perhaps an impossible to find in your area, a mid-century specialist. Your home is so personal. It exists to keep you sheltered from the elements, to help you express your personality and to make every day in your life go a little better. So you wanna make great choices for this house. To feel empowered to make those choices, you're going to need more than just my fun, free resources checklist of books you can read and blogs you can check. You also want to have this community. So to get the mid-century side of the argument properly bolstered against the entire home remodeling industry, which is sort of pushing back on our point of view, this is why it's not enough just to read. You also have to build your community of fellow mid-century home lovers. If you've got that download resource, one thing you can do to build community is just to follow some of the other people I've mentioned on that list who love mid-century on Instagram, see what they say, but don't stop there. Every person behind the accounts I recommend there 
To name just a few, TJ Pierce behind Boise Mid-Century Homes, Pam Cooper behind Retro Renovation, and more. There are people behind these accounts. We're all busy folks, but we all love to hear from people like you. Reach out and say hi. Ask your questions. And if we can't answer them, we'll always try to connect you with someone who can. There are also a bunch of great communities of mid-century homeowners sharing their experience on the internet. If you're having a hard time finding people to talk to -to face-to-face, go join one of several great mid-century home Facebook groups. One of my favorites is just called Mid-Century Ranch Homes. Look it up. Keep seeking out opportunities for in-person meetups. Introduce yourself to the owner of your local vintage or retro store. Have a chat with some of the workers and volunteers at your local Habitat for Humanity Restore. Their tastes may differ in era, but I bet you find someone who appreciates mid-century there. Sign up for newsletters like the weekly email from Mr. Modernism, George Smart, and the monthly mid-century roundup from Make It Mid-Century. Then check out the people they feature. Because we're a small community, most people within the mid-century space really value one-to-one contact with other people that care about mid-century homes as much as we do. In case you couldn't tell, this is also an invitation to send me a direct message on Instagram. I do get a lot, but I always try to respond, and I love to hear from other people who are passionate about making great changes to their mid-century homes. One of the most exciting things you can do to get fired up about making great adjustments to your mid-century house is to attend a public event of other mid-century homeowners. The big one, of course, is Modernism Week in Palm Springs, California. Can you believe I haven't made it there yet? This is a personal tragedy that I hope to rectify this year. This year, Modernism Week or bust. But I'm not going to wait until February. In fact, at this very moment, if you're listening to the podcast fresh on Thursday, I am on the train to Denver, Colorado to attend Denver Modernism Week and be the keynote at their first ever Retrovision Expo. Guys, this is going to be so much fun. If you happen to be in the Rocky Mountain region, I hope you're already planning to be there. And if you can't make it, follow along. I'm going to be extensively documenting this journey on Instagram all the amazing mid-century houses I see, and the mid-century lovers I meet as I go, I am beyond excited for this chance to mix with people who love this era. I want to share that with you. There are also local modernist home tours, smaller regional modernism weeks, and modernist preservation societies all over the country. Take some time to seek out yours. You might start by just asking for a little advice and then soon find yourself as an organizing committee member of a future modernism week in your area in a few short years. That's a story I would love to hear. Another place to look is to put the search term Docomomo into Google with your city or state name. Docomomo is a national organization, D-O-C-O-M-O-M-O, which is a shortening of documentation and conservation of the buildings, sites, and neighborhoods of the modernist movement. Documentation, do, conservation, co, modernist, mo, movement, mo, doco, momo. It's pretty easy to remember. Uh, Put doco, momo, your state into Google and see what comes up. There's a recently formed doco, momo, Wisconsin that I haven't had time to get involved in yet. I haven't had the capacity to add one more thing to my list this summer with all the fun we've already been having. But winter is coming. And in this case, I hope that's a good thing. I hope for more energy in that direction soon. All right, friends, here's the short version of this episode. Make it a project to seek out as much advice as you can find from other people who love your mid-century home, whether they're fellow homeowners with a few more projects under their belt than you, or experts in history, materials, or renovation. The more people you find, the better off you'll be. Save yourself the energy of worrying that you're doing it all wrong by putting some effort into building that community for yourself. 
Here's one more place to find an amazing community of mid-mod remodelers exactly as eager and ready to dig into this topic as you. You could join this fall's cohort of the Ready to Remodel program. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know about this program. This is your chance to jump into an amazing group of mid-century homeowners who are devoted to making great choices for their homes and actively working on making them happen this fall. This is the last cohort of 2022. It's kicking off in September. And if you want to be in it, don't miss the Planning a Mid-Century Remodel to Fit Your Life and Budget Masterclass. I'll be talking about how you can join Ready to Remodel at the end of the class. But this free masterclass is also an amazing resource for anyone who wants to know more about planning a sensitive, cost-appropriate, mid-century friendly change for your home. Definitely come, even if you're only at the beginning of your remodeling journey. I'll have powerful advice that's even more powerful the earlier you start implementing it, meant exactly for you. If you're serious about wanting to work on your house to do anything at all this fall, or really to make anything happen next year, now is the time to plan. I want you to come to the free class and I want you to think seriously about whether now is the right time for you to join Ready to Remodel. We want you inside this program. It is such a fun cohort and I would love to be helping you make great choices for your home this fall. That's all for now, folks. Check in with me on Instagram as I document my journey through Denver, Colorado. I hear it's a great town for mid-century and I'm about to prove it to myself and to you. See you there.